Me and Sumawa, Roland. Whoa, whoa, what? You are grinning out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to. No, it's funny. When I, it's when people ask me to talk about it. Or maybe when I, I do talk about it, in my head, like I like to have it structured because I'm like worried I'm going to miss part of the story. That's right. part of my way of thinking about it. But then I was re- asked recently, I'm doing this corporate presentation next week, and uh, like you have to have it in, they're like, oh, send me the slides. So it makes you think of it in a very structured way and like you have to be prepared to do it. Right. Yeah, I find it easier. I find it better and more casual when I talk about it casually. But, um, so my starting point for it, this is what the normal starting point is in a corporate presentation. I say, this is how Mr. Perfect came about. Had some tough times up to 30 and then this happened. And then Mr. Perfect started and then we do these barbecues and then we go through this, you know, the, the run of the story. The progression. But people always ask me, oh, but why don't you say more about like what happened before? And I'm like, well, it's almost sometimes I worry people would think it's like a pain porn thing, like saying, you know, like everything... Pain going, porn is a brand new yeah, word. Yeah, I, I heard it once. Um, I heard, well, I say I heard it rec- fairly recently. And when I first thought about the idea for Mr. Perfect, so I probably thought about it at maybe, I don't know, 28, 29, so probably 2013. Uh, and I guess the trigger for me thinking about it was a load of things that happened that year. So 2013, was planning to get married, did get married, incredible. Uh, big year for me, um, was hating my job and was doing okay at it and doing pretty well and living what seemingly should have been a good lifestyle. Um, living in Mossman, nice apartment on the water, um, went on holidays. We did everything, you know, pre-kids, we did everything we could do or wanted to do, had nothing stopping us. And it was almost like a succession of just events were happening that year that just caused me to think a little bit more and think a little bit more and think a little bit more so my dad passed away in July that year I knew that was sort of coming he was uh, alcoholic struggled with addiction for many years had not really seen or had much to do with him or his side of the family for years and then I just got this message one day on Facebook oh, he's really ill and I'd had it before that kind of message and I went up and you know, put it to the back of my mind and like what can I do kind of thing and then I don't know what Something happened to me to go, right, I should go back. So got on a flight, went back, saw my dad before he passed, saw my brother, and one of my brothers wanted to see him, the others didn't, so it was a little bit you know, emotional and everything. And then I got back after that trip and was just, I just went straight back to work. I was only gone for maybe four or five days. Went back to work, didn't tell my boss, didn't tell really anyone about it that much. Uh, obviously, my wife knew and was there to support me, but I didn't really want to talk about it. And that was kind of the, I think that was a big start in me where I just reflected on that and went, I don't know if that's normal or I don't think that's healthy. Right. <laughs> me going back to work, this stuff building up all over the years. My dad thing was a big issue anyway, him not being around and his sort of history. And then I kind of let that ride out and got back into normal life again. And then as the year was coming to an end, there was a lot of pressure leading up to the wedding and you know, all this big event happening. And I was doing a lot more writing again because I was hating my job and I thought, I enjoy writing. I don't get paid for it. I was doing a little bit of sports, freelance stuff, but I didn't enjoy writing about football. That mm. was just kind of like the thing I could write about and I just knew it. So then I thought, okay, my mate at work's calling me like Mr. Perfect all the time, my best mate, winding me up and saying, oh, the boss loves you. Uh, 
Did he know about your stru- no. like current strategy? No, no, no. He might have had a life? tiny inkling, but he didn't put two and two together, I don't think. No one knew, really. Right. Really, except my wife, I guess. Um, and I just thought, I need to want to write about something a bit more impactful. So I just set up this blog on Wix, like a program which I use for a load of stuff. And it was like three or four bucks a month. Set up this website, my crappy like design skills, try to like sketch out a logo, and I just called it Mr. Perfect, and it was like a silhouette of a man in some format, like a portrait piece. And I just wrote a blog. And I can't remember exactly what the first blog was, but it was anonymous as such, like the website was literally just a blog page really. And did a couple of them. I was doing it maybe on a Sunday afternoon, not even telling my wife, not even thinking about it. And then I think I was out for a few beers with a couple of mates and it turned into a big night and at the end of the night one of my closest mates was there and I kind of just told him about it and he, he clearly doesn't remember this to this day but I showed him on my phone I can vaguely remember showing him on my phone like the website and he was oh it's brilliant mate he like put his arm around me and then we were just back to drinking and not really talking about it and then not soon after not too long after that eventually I said right I'm coming home every few months, just like breaking down. Certain things would trigger things. I was very good at just repressing everything, looking good at work, doing what I had to do. And then it was almost cyclical. So maybe every three months it just crash behind closed doors, you know, crying, you name it. And my wife was like, look, you've got to go get help. So finally plucked up the courage to go to my GP, family GP. Um, and I remember sitting outside and like literally taking me like an hour just to sit outside and get myself together to go in. And then once I went in and started kind of skirting around the issue of while I was there, he said, I said, look, I'm not feeling that great. And he said, oh, so how long have you felt like this? And I just said, I just, it felt like that moment. I just went, I can't remember a time I didn't feel like this. Wow. And he kind of sat back and <laughs> didn't know what to say. I was like, oh, and his normally cheery kind of expression said, I think you need to see a specialist, a psychiatrist. So okay, and I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do that. That's for crazy people. Like, I don't need to see a psychiatrist. And um, we kind of went from there. Like, I went to that GP's appointment. Felt good just getting off my chest. There was a lot of relief. But then over the course of the next couple of months, I was in the pub again with my mates, and I just told them. I said, look, I'm going to see GP about this. And it just came out there, and they both looked at me, and then they both <laughs> kind of had their own war stories and said, well, actually, you know, 10 years ago, I was seeing someone... Uh, for anger issues and another one was seeing something and we both we all just sat there and went well how do we not know about this why are we even we've known each other years literally years it's two of my closest mates and as normally as normal discussion in the pub would dictate it was about football and things like that and I don't know how it came about but we said well we enjoy playing football um me and a mate had sort of played and coached a football team for many years uh, on the North Shore of Sydney and we said I'm pretty sick of it let's start off our own thing and it was just a bit of a pipe dream we said why don't we just get a few guys together in a park and we'll just kick a football round during the pre-season in January and see what happens so leading up to this uh, I'm doing a bit more reading at home on like Sundays and I came across this Beyond Blue and Movember report which was about men's connectedness and it basically said um big long thick report no one would have ever read it properly except probably psychologists and academics but I just highlighted a couple of points in it and it's just showed this graph that over 30 the amount of times you saw close friends or actually spoke about friend you know social connections with friends where you spoke about serious things just tailed off Mm. marriage kids 
jobs getting pressure, mortgage, etc. And before they knew it, they were asking people of 40, and they said, I don't remember, like the last time. And it was kind of scary to read that. So all these things were threaded together. And I was enjoying my writing, because that was therapeutic at the time. I just started seeing the doctor. Um, in my day job, I dealt with doctors, and I'm asking them, like, what do you do? And I'm starting to get a bit curious, like, what do you do if a guy like me comes to you? And most of them... <laughs> Were you doing that? Like, I've got this friend, and this Pretty friend much. is basically, you know, I guess you could say he's a bit like me. and <laughs> It's exactly like that. And yeah. they wouldn't say too much, first of all, but then were basically saying they had their own issues. Like, they had... Some of them were saying, yeah, like, they're stressed as hell. They're having their own problems most of their consults were starting to be about mental health issues, most of them were men. Um, they said they could only give them a leaflet for a mental health organization, one of the big ones, and then that was it, and off you go. Or give them some medication. And that was kind of my experience with my GP. He gave me, he said, here's a specialist. I went off and saw him for six months or so. Good to get everything off my chest, very, very useful. And then it was almost, I was paying 300 bucks for him to just like nod. And mm. then he said, oh, go on medication. So I did what he said. So that led up to kind of a year of just all these threads coming together. And the football event eventually happened. We did this kick around and 40 guys turned up from, we put it on Meetup and Gumtree and then about 40 guys turned up from all over Sydney. Did you advertise the fact that it was um, under the prevail of mental health or was it just blokes kicking a footy? Uh, it was a bit of both. It was quite vague and it's, it was obvious, really, the undertone of what we were doing. Like, the description was, we've set up this thing called Mr. Perfect, or we're going to, um, we think it's good that men get together, kick a football around. But it, I don't think it explicitly was, like, come if you have a problem or if you're struggling. Right. So, the fact that the guys afterwards, like, two hours of kicking a football around, the standard was <laughs> terrible at best. But it was hilarious afterwards to sit down. Everyone's physically exhausted, and you're chatting to guys you didn't know. And some of them, you know, more extrovert, some introvert. And a couple of them saying, like, I haven't done this for 10 years. Or and this feels, you know, physically they weren't feeling good. They said, mm. men see this is great. So we started doing it every Sunday over the summer period. And over that period, it kind of branched off into, A, a football team, which is now a really successful football club. That's a, another story. But B, I said, well... Not everyone loves football and is sporty, and we kind of assume that in Australia, I think. So I said, well, why don't we just set up a barbecue where for two hours people can come, and I started doing it in Surrey Hills. So here's me getting all this food and stuff, like getting a bus there. I was stressing myself like, to get to that point, to get there. Um, and we just did it. And at the first one, <laughs> these guys, there's one guy who came along at the start. He clearly had social anxiety. There's me and two other mates in Mr. Perfect t-shirts hounding this guy. And we clearly got the model wrong <laughs> the first event because he clearly didn't feel very, um, I don't know, I don't think he would have been comfortable. So we I'm learnt... sure he would have been. I know what you mean, because <laughs> like, would... if there's three of you guys that exactly. know each other and he's by himself. But we learned from that. And um, yeah, it went from there. And I, I guess I found, what I truly found was that me doing these barbecue events was therapeutic for me. Mm. Other people would, were telling me, look after yourself, go get help for yourself, do this, do that. And I listened to a lot of people, and I said, well, that's just not right for me. So me seeing other people get that connection and get that social kind of, um, social benefit from it, or knowing other people around them are there that are going through something similar, that was my therapy as mm. such. Mm. Um, 
yeah, it's, it was it was pretty mind blowing to see it went from one barbecue, and then people were coming six months later from another from another region in Sydney and said, "Can I set up my own?" And I went, oh, "Okay." And this thing just gradually grew. Support uh, friends of friends said, "Oh, well, we know a lawyer who do all your stuff pro bono and set you up officially as a charity and an association." And I went, "Okay." And another mate said, "Oh." I'm, why don't we do this trivia night? I'll arrange it and we can raise some funds to pay for that. Yeah, brilliant. And then it went from one meter barbecue to four to 10. And now we have 30 running across Sydney. Um, Insane. Obviously there's it's a not lot. not just Sydney though, right? You're yeah, in sorry, United. sorry, across the country. So majority in New South Wales, but we have a bulk in um, Victoria, Queensland, a couple in Perth now in WA. Um, got one starting in Hobart soon. Um, yeah, it's, we get inquiries all the time, which is amazing. But I guess the, back to the original like question, my the stuff I dealt with up to that point, up to thirty, I just repressed and repressed and repressed. Like I, I don't go into all the gory details because sometimes I don't think it's necessary. But I had a pretty, um, I was never sure of myself as a kid. I was always quiet. I was introverted. There was a lot of stuff going on in my family that was sort of um, uh, disruptive. Uh, to say the least and I think there was just periods where I was so good so good at hiding it Mm. repressing it mentally like not even remembering things that had happened so good at like pushing it away and it kind of reared its ugly head at intervals so it might have been when I was 16 going through puberty and going through all that sort of stuff and then it it would be again when I went to uni and then I really noticed shit like I'm this isn't good. Like I'm thinking about killing myself. That shouldn't be really a normal thought when I kind of have some fairly decent things going on around me and I have friends. Um, and then it happened again when I was 23, 24, when I came back from traveling Australia. And then I call it the great escape. Like I, I didn't, I came to Australia purely because I was trying to escape. And I thought by coming, it'd be gone out of my head. Mm. Uh, stupidly. And I arrived, I remember standing there second day at Sydney Harbour and going this is really underwhelming <laughs> and just looking at it going yeah I didn't come from the, the best place in the world but I went no this is a really bad decision <laughs> I, I respectfully disagree with the tell from back then I think the fact that we're sitting on a rooftop chatting now means it was a no, great decision <laughs> but yeah I know you, I, can, I can understand what you mean yeah. I guess it must have followed you the whole way and then you're yeah. just like it just dulls the glimmer of yeah. Whatever you thought the new place was going to be, Definitely. geographically as far from the UK as possible, <laughs> literally exactly. like the literally opposite, was, as, as polar opposite side of the world. And it wasn't; it was not a characteristic thing of me to do. I was a very didn't travel much. Was quite sheltered, like introvert. Um, it was out of yeah. It was definitely an out of character thing for me to do. So clearly, it was <laughs> made in a moment of. Uh, it was knee-jerk, and a friend of mine was said, oh, I'm going traveling, do you want to come? And I didn't even like this guy that much. Like, we didn't get on that one. <laughs> but he was a very extroverted guy, as a lot of my mates, my best mates have been. And I just went, yeah, sod it, let's do it. Yeah. And then the, the feeling when I got here of realizing it wasn't where I was, it literally was, you know, it was my headspace. Yeah. That was kind of the realization. But again, I did very well to have that feeling, go through some sort of pretty shitty times when I got here, and channeled somehow all of it into work for about five years and then became, had what was, again, one of the reasons for Mr. Perfect. I turned five years of, it could have gone one way, it didn't. I channeled it into work, was really successful materially, 
did everything I could have wanted to do and was literally looking at myself going, this isn't me. <laughs> this is definitely not, I shouldn't be in this position and I wouldn't even give myself credit for getting into that position. I would, I'd feel a fraud all the time. Mm. I'd just say, this isn't me. I don't deserve this success. I don't deserve to have you know, a beautiful, supportive wife. I don't deserve this, 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 this. And that's, that's something I battle with today. It's better now. But then it was a weird time, sort of five years of success and everyone looking at our lives as though a mate of mine said, uh, a mate of mine's wife said, oh, but you and your wife, you're like the, the Beckham and, and Posh you know, and Becks, posh, posh and Becks <laughs> of Sydney. And oh, I remember feeling really offended. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I thought, I don't want to be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's what people look at. Is that, so do you think that came from the way that you were representing yourself online or was that just... Yeah, a little bit. I, I guarantee, you know, just from... If I look back now, I can look at posts and stuff and, you know, Facebook things and, you know, pictures of us on holiday or on our balcony overlooking the water or, you know, on Sydney Harbour or whatever it might be. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people do it, but... And then materially things you know things were going well at work and I had money that I'd never re- stupid amounts of money in context that I didn't look we didn't look at our bank account we weren't reckless at all like I saved some and I wasn't reckless but it was a weird thing to go to have that abundance and still not go like really take advantage of it I couldn't enjoy those moments yeah right we'd be on holiday and I would Carolina my wife's brilliant at just she can switch off like work so hard and then when work's not there it's switch off relax recharge for me I dread going on a beach holiday or something like that I detest it we did it on my honeymoon for a bit in Mexico but more than a day or two of having that time to on not necessarily on your own but to truly have your mind just running I was like no no chance I couldn't enjoy it I couldn't enjoy the moment what is that I'm the same I, I, my experience of it is like I just start thinking about if I'm exhausted I can do it for a day yeah. and then as soon as that day's over I just start thinking about alright what's tomorrow what's all the stuff I could have done today that I didn't exactly. do what have I got to do next week blah 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 blah. is that your experience yeah. of it as 100%, 100%. well 100% yeah. and I don't I don't allow myself to enjoy it and um, I, I get better at it now with two little boys and stuff like I I really try and dedicate those moments and allow myself to feel grateful and happy and I have those moments and when I do now I they're always, you know, it's no surprise, those moments now come with no ties to any money, any, like, experience that we've paid for or anything that is, you know, it'll be me literally having a break at work at lunch, going to sit on a park bench in Sydney where it's sun on me and just sitting there and just being peaceful as hell in a park or something. And I take those moments and I go, yeah, this is, if I could have this all the time, this would be, (laughs) I know everyone can't, but, like, calm. Peace, I guess, just pure calmness. Those moments, I go, wow. Yeah. So is that because you've got a strategy that you didn't have before to like enforce that level of presence in yourself? Do you, is that a skill? Is that something you've learned, basically? Yes, but I think it's like trial and error. I didn't consciously go, I need to be more mindful, I need to do X, Y, Z. I just, in those moments, I realised... I realised a lot of what was going on was my external... Sorry, the external world wasn't judging me or the external world wasn't... Anything could change. Nothing had changed around me, but in my head I changed a lot. Like, I'm the one who'd, a lot of the time, created those things. It's, and that was... Yeah, yeah. isn't that like... I, I always find that the weirdest uh, irony about the whole yeah. thing is anxiety and worrying about 
the world around you and what everyone thinks of you and yeah. what you're going to do for the world and blah, blah, blah. And the comfort is the fact that the world doesn't care about no. you. There's yeah. 7 billion other people here. You're not that special. And they can like, that sounds like an insult or it sounds yeah. like a negative thing, but yeah. that's almost what you need to tell yourself in those times. Is like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just one person. There's heaps of others out. Definitely. Like, and there's, a, there's a, exactly that. I saw some meme on Instagram or something like that recently. It was like, no, there's a sad face. Like, no one cares. You know? And then a happy face. Great, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To, within reason. Like, I can do what I want and I'm free. And we're pretty lucky, again, to live in this country, regardless of, I talk about location. But it, this... Australia's been like amazing to me and been good for my mental health. Yes, I needed to get more settled in my own mind and work with strategies to help me, but it helps when we can go to the beach. Fully. And I can spend an hour and just go, yeah, it's manic, like with the family and doing things, but it's also appreciating that and going, wow, like, I go get to jump in that water and completely refresh and have the sun on me and walk down the street with the sun on me this morning to work that's ridiculous. Like, it's more than most people have in the world. Yeah, totally. And so it's have that like, gratitude. It's gratitude. to walk down the street with the sun on your shoulders and not have to worry, I mean, for the most part, that yeah. you're going to get mugged or exactly. beaten up or robbed or something or, like, that you've got shops that are full of food and you can go and get some. You don't have to be beholden to some crazy developing world regime. Exactly. Like, they don't have access to that stuff. And also sunlight, as far as... 14 hours of it in the summertime because my yeah. girlfriend's in the UK at the moment and she's like, mate, it is shit. Because yeah. the sun doesn't come up till 8. It never fully rises because there's too many clouds and then it's gone by 3.30. And there's that seasonal affective disorder or SAD, yeah. which I'm sure you've heard about, where it's yeah. kind of like comical that the acronym describes the symptom, but it's literally you get that affected by the season well, that it brings to... you down. Your, your melatonin goes off, nothing works nothing fires properly in your brain because of your environment and here in Australia it's just like it's as good as it gets I can remember going to work and it is if I could pinpoint a time when I was the, the most unhappiest if there is a scale it would have been sort of early 20s just before I came to Australia or in the intervening years where I went travelling came back and then was about to come again permanently and I'd go to work in the morning it was pitch black and um, I'd get to work and it's in a fluorescent kind of box, effectively, <laughs> with no natural light. And then I would leave and it was pitch black. And it was either cold, rainy, you know, and don't get me wrong, like, there were just some good summers and everything else, but that didn't help. I don't think that helped at all. Mm. But then I could deal with it. Like, uh, I can deal with that sort of reality sometimes. Um, my wife's tiniest, tiniest square of just sun, like, available in the sky, and we're at the beach or we're doing something. But that... That for me, like that mentality is vital because if she wouldn't push in those moments and say, we're going outside, we're going to do this, we're going to go, and I probably would have stayed inside mm. like in the moments where I'm you know, a bit down and that's not good for anyone. I try now to do the real simple stuff. So if you talk about strategies, I don't really have like a strategy. I try to be really organized and angle about things as I am organized and then I'll write down these things I should be doing. But by the week, by two weeks of it, they're all gone out the window because I've tried to plan too much for them and then I beat myself up for not doing them. Right. So now it's more, no, no, do it in the moment. The boys are at home with me. They're causing mayhem. I'm feeling a little bit anxious, can feel it rising. I'm like, nah, we're going for a walk around the block. And when I say around the block, we go for a good, you know, half an hour, hour walk. 
around the quiet streets, go to the park in the sun. My little boy just wants to look at the birds and shout bus and car and everything, <laughs> anyone who comes past. And I yeah. go, yeah, like that, those are the moments. Those are things that calm me now. Mm. There's nothing else that can do that, I don't think. Um, Such a trap though, isn't it? Yeah. That, that like wanting to get on top of yourself and hearing all these experts and medical professionals yeah. going, back yourself, set yourself some goals, you know, exactly. really commit to things. And then when you fail at the things you've committed to, you beat yourself up and you're yeah. like, why did I bother even trying that? Like, Definitely. and then, yeah, it's just this constant navigation of like how much to commit and how much to be reserved and present. I find, yeah. it re- I find that really hard. Exercise is a, like a, a good thing for me, but since life, you know, kids and everything's got hectic, I can now see why people don't keep it up. Mm. And the irony that I get people saying to me, oh, you're, you're so skinny, Terry. You must, like, do all this and work out. I said, no, I probably don't look after myself very well. I don't eat enough and I don't do this. That's probably why I'm not, you know, I'm skinny. <laughs> like, everything else comes first. And diet is one thing I'm, I'm not great at at all. Like, really, really terrible with that. I'll eat less than my boys some days and don't even don't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, exercise... If I'm moving and I'm, if I'm going for a walk or I'm doing something like that, that's great for me. Like I'll choose to walk, whereas I could do something else. That's my kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I could get an hour just to go for a walk, that's really good for me. I don't do too much intense stuff now, but play football when the football season's on. That's good for a couple of hours, you know. Um, I don't do anything in a routine anymore, though. It just life's too kind of hectic to to be able to really plan those routines. That's fascinating. Um, and people look at, this is, this is it, the perception of what people say to me and look at me and go, oh, you've got it all together. You're running a charity. You have a day job. You have a young family. And you got other commitments. Like, how do you find the time? And how do you keep so organized? And Yeah, my assumption would I, be that you're a structural no, god and you've no. just got this shit down in five-minute increments. No, and that, that's it. I think it's more, the, the natural part is we're disciplined in our just everyday routines. You know, getting up, getting to work, getting the kids ready, getting home, bam, bath, you know, doing all those things. But when it's on my own time and my own kind of discipline, I, I've been reading a lot about this recently about, yeah, consistency is obviously important, but I could have a whole day where I'm on my own and I've got things to do and I could be really planning for something really exciting with a charity or doing some work, but mentally I'm not there. Like I can't do it in that moment. And I'll try to, I'm thinking about tracking this in future, like going, what are the times of the day and what have I been doing that day before and how, how has it led to me having no energy, like mm, mental energy, mm. feeling lethargic. I can have a whole day to do that stuff and I'll get nothing done. And then it'll get to 10 o'clock at night and I should be going to bed and then I'll have a burst of energy for two hours mm. and smash out something which would take someone else eight hours. That's the difference now. Like I, I can't plan when I'm going to be productive so I just have to work with it. And now I, I don't, I used to beat myself up over that and go, I should have done this today. Should have done this, should have done that. Why didn't I call that person? Why didn't I follow up on this in my day job, in the charity? But now I just go, I go with when I have the energy. Mm. And mm. when I'm, if I can get something done in a quicker time, but it's the same, you know, so be it. Yeah. If I can't, I can't do it that day. I just have to tell myself it's fine. Like there's going to be days where I'm on fire going to be other days where I'm negative and I can't get stuff done and I'm, I'm going to have not have the energy. Yeah. I just have to accept it. I can't fight it because the, the time fighting it and thinking about it is even more procrastination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but that's so impressive to to have that level of self dialogue and not so much self forgiveness, but just self awareness yeah. and just knowing here's where I'm at today. Here's what I wanted to get done. I might not get it done. Whereas yeah. I, 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 that's a, an ongoing struggle for me personally, and I expect for a lot of other people where I'm still I still catch myself telling myself off like yeah but the language I use this is going to make me sound like or maybe reveal me as the crazy person that I am but like the language that I use to talk to myself if I spoke to anyone else like yeah. that on the street I'd get knocked out oh, and so. I'm like someone I think it was my girlfriend made that point because uh, she heard me muttering to myself yeah. at some point for stuffing something up in the kitchen or whatever and she's like excuse me be nicer to yourself yeah, and I true. was like yeah ha 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 okay but then I thought about it and I was like that's so true I'd never actually stepped out of I guess my two selves in this instance and yes. looked at the what those two versions yeah. of me talking and realized how like crazy that language is yeah. and thought wow that's actually a real problem that's you say things like I know what I would do like I'd, yeah be like you're an effing idiot yeah like, that's the <laughs> that's the word for word you don't do and that, that's when it gets into a bit of you know I do catch myself on it but I, I describe this to my psychologist like um uh it's like an out-of-body experience now so for me, I'm there, but I've reached a better level. I'm not, you know, I'm never going to be cured. I'm going to have to deal with this forever. Like, it's just the way sometimes I'm wired, but the way I manage this is better. So now I'm there in that moment. I can see it's happening. I can feel it's happening. And even after, I just have to step outside of it and say, this is that happening. It is you, but I can see it coming. What can I do? <laughs> well, how can I mitigate it to the point that it doesn't get destructive? Yeah. That's all I can do. Yeah. Because I feel... And then there's times where I then overthink it and go, people are going to think... Because I'm pretty cool and calm around people who don't know me that well. Mm. But at home, if I lose my shit and I'm just, you know... My wife and I have argued about something or the kids are playing up or... You know, I beat myself up over sometimes how I react. But then I, I double kind of guess myself and it's like, oh, but then someone else would say but that's normal for a dad Terry like, why are you beating yourself up surely you're going to lose it sometimes that's healthy right mm. so I never know if it's is that, the, is that my poor mental health that's causing this or is that just my character yeah <laughs> and then there's another mind fuck that you're going <laughs> over it and you're going oh and then I run it past my psychologist and he says Terry if I had to deal half the things you would deal with you know either leading up in your life or things you now deal with on a daily basis he goes I'd be really worried if you didn't like, right. express totally. yourself at times you know obviously not harming anyone in any way but you're going to lose it you're going to be rude to people you love you're going to you know your boys will need to have some discipline I'm like I know yeah, yeah. but I will, I will. I'll, I'll question it yeah it's not helpful but that's just the way I would think about it yeah yeah it is a weird out of it's out of body is a good way to describe it. I think that's a helpful way to describe yeah. it because that's what you that's what I've had to do is step out of literally step out not literally how do you literally step out of yourself really metaphorically yeah. but very assertively step out of myself and watch what I'm doing definitely. what I'm feeling and I never used to be very good at that and I still don't know if I'm good at it but I'm definitely better at it yes. and improving constantly it doesn't matter it doesn't mean like these moments are going to go away it just means that if you're aware of it there's a slight more level of comfort yeah and at least then people understand a little more when you're not you don't want to go and be sociable or you don't want to go and 
do things for the sake of doing them or you're not up to doing that really, really simple task like washing up that you know you should do but you just can't bring yourself to do it in that moment. Like it's not, you're just not in that space. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, like I just don't think to solve all of that is just the biggest... (laughs) The, the, yeah, you, that's a myth, though, isn't it? Yeah. That you can solve. That? No, a hundred percent is a myth. Hundred percent is a myth. Um, I really appreciate what you said five minutes ago. That it's not something that can be cured, or yeah. you don't believe that it's just no, something I, that you I, can be cured of. I will double guess again and go, okay. And I have this like philosophical you know, questions to myself and go, do I think it's nature or nurture? Like, and people will ask me this, and health professionals have asked me this when I've had a good deep chat with them, and I actually believe. It's a bit of both, mm-hmm. like a thousand percent. Even if I'd been in a different scenario as a kid, in my teenage years, even if I'd been more extroverted, even if I'd been more whatever, I even have been more stable, I still think there would have been something there like causing a problem. I don't think my, I'm very cognizant of that, that now and that's why I'm very much less material than I ever really thought I was because that would make no difference to me right now. Yep, yep. I'm lucky enough, I have enough resources to get help when I need it, and that's fine. But yeah, I always question it. And uh, the discomfort, discomfort I used to have was, I mentioned it at the start, um, cyclical or periodical, so every few months. And I could almost time it, two, three months. And then it would build up, build up, build up, and I'd crash. Build up, build up, build up, and I'd crash. Just a cycle. And the next day, I had a good like breakdown, so good breakdown. I had a breakdown, wake up next day, it's all forgotten about. Like a mm. little bit tired, energy's gone. Nap, back, back we go again, put on the mask, let's go. That's how it felt before. Since I've tackled it, ironically, it's meant my life's been more it's been less structured because I was so good at repressing it that I was very structured at doing that. Since thirty, maybe five years ago, life is chaotic. But not always in a bad way, but it is, it just is, and I have to deal with it daily. And now it's more I have more, what I say, like existential, I think I said that right, questions. So I will question. Everything will be fine. I'm not in a deep, dark place. I'm not suicidal. Like I'd say I'm um, on my way to work or I'm walking down the street. I can equally be as happy with that and feel the sun on me. But on another day, I can go, why am I doing this today? Like, this is pointless. Yeah, yeah. Why am I going to work? I'm looking at all these other people around me and they're probably not happy. And it, I will go on this train of thought and it's fine. Like, I don't go, oh, well, we should all just die. Like, that's not a thought in my head. (laughs) And I don't go, I'm going to leave this earth now and, you know, leave my family. That's not the thought process whereas I think people assume that's what it is. Now it's more existential for me. It's like, I need to be in the moment to have the energy to do those things today. If I'm not and I'm making those questions, that day is normally not going to be my most productive or I just have to keep reaffirming some important things and remembering the simple things and my sons and the real things that mean things and go and do something meaningful because otherwise you could get lost in that yeah. so for me it's more of a daily I say it's more sporadic now when I'm down and when I'm up and I know the triggers and I'm almost prepared for it in a way when I know it's going to be really bad whereas like it might be if I know I'm going to go and have a big night out with my mates which is rare now but when I do it I'm always it's stupid that we still do these things, but, you know, a wedding or something like that, I know that next day is hell, and probably the, the next day of that is actually worse because there's nothing left in you. Yep. I'm anxious, I'm shaky, I'm jittery, I'm moody, I'm 
literally I'm questioning like what like this is this would be what's the point like today like in a, in a in a deeper dark way and I know that's happening <laughs> it's stupid like it's so ridiculous that I put myself through that yeah but that's that's what you're talking about right is yeah. accepting that as a process yeah. where you can be eyeing off a big Saturday night on the Wednesday and you, yeah. you, you can be telling yourself like, oh, look, don't go too hard. You know what happens when you yes. go too hard. Sunday's going to hurt. Always. Saturday arrives, the boys are all there. It's like, all right, sweet, let's have some more beers. <laughs> and then the Sunday arrives, you're just feeling like utter shit. Yeah. And then, but even though you called it in advance and you told yourself probably during, I mean, I, I don't yeah. mean to put words in your mouth. This is what of I course. tell myself on the yeah. Saturday night while I'm drinking beers is every sip like, oh, I'm going to feel this tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to feel this tomorrow. Like every time. And then, in the tomorrow, that's the nature of the beast is that you don't have the wherewithal to think about what you were thinking about yesterday and think, don't worry, like I told myself I'd feel like this, this is normal. Because that's the nature of it. That's it by definition is you're not thinking properly. And then you can still come out of it and look back on it and it's this weird sandwich of totally different personalities and different self-talk. And I, I don't know, I think that it is just this thing you have to except that it's not going to stop. And alcohol's just a, it's another thing I, I debate all the time. And after those nights, I do what everyone does. I say, yep, it's really bad. I did that. Shouldn't drink again. Shouldn't do this. Let's sit, do a year, no beer, or this like campaign thing I've seen. <laughs> and I just know that's not realistic because I know now like two, three, four beers, and I'm in like the best state. I can have a, do that at home on my own on a Friday night with my wife and feel relaxed. That will get me to that point. After that, is actually, it's detrimental, and I know yeah. I shouldn't do it. Yeah. The point with alcohol is that I, I always then ask myself, well, my, this is my dad, like, he was an alcoholic from age probably 14, 15, I guess, when he first started, you know, and he went on for a long, long time, and I, I don't like associating myself with that, because I go, I'm not, I'm in no way I have addictive personality to anything, really, um, but when I go, it's on, when I have big nights, in the past, especially in the UK, like the culture I kind of had there was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, big, 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 mask all the things that you didn't want to think about. And you were in such a daze for those three days that, but that was normal. It wasn't seen as like, oh, you're mm. drinking to forget stuff. Mm. It was supposed to be fun, right? It, it, you know, it was half the time it was fun. Now it's like, yeah, the, just the thought process. I'm going out um, tomorrow night with some mates and um, already I'm going, already I'm, <laughs> I'm dampening the enjoyment on myself. I'm so like mini excited, but at the same time going, am I shooting myself in yeah. the foot? Yeah. Like, I know where this is leading. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did something clever though with this. We were going to watch a, um, a football match that coincided on the same day as this all day Christmas kind of annual thing we've started now. And we said, no, no, we'll break that drinking four or five o'clock and go and watch this football game so that we don't and it's a it's really good cause it's um, for the Pararoos which is a, a Paralympic Australian national team and it's on the beaches so we're going to go and watch that and already like someone suggested it should we do it and I mean yeah 100% like, that was the best idea Yeah, because <laughs> it's sensible we're already going to have a couple of beers beforehand we're going to enjoy ourselves support something we believe in uh, and then the cut off point after that game will be some, some of them will go all right, we're going to go out manly, we're going to go and do this. But you've actually had a chance <laughs> yeah, to think about it. I've got a bit of a, uh, yeah. And I don't regret those things. I don't regret them because I feel I'm not going to 
denying myself pleasure of like having a beer and enjoying myself is yeah. ridiculous, right? Yeah, I just yeah, know yeah, the outcome. Sure. Like, it's my own. It's my own fault. It's no one else's fault. I feel like it's kind of the government's fault because it's the only it's the only well, intoxicant that's there. And like, yeah. I'm not about to start advocating to take drugs, yeah. but it's in human nature to want to pursue, yeah. like, or escape your sobriety and pursue some level of intoxication. I feel like it, whatever that trigger is that I either don't know or science hasn't actually discovered yet, yeah. it's the same thing that like someone who goes and runs 60Ks for fun. Yeah, oh, is, it's just that getting themselves to that crazy brand new state of consciousness yes. that they're like they feel different to they to their sober self and i you know running 60ks is probably healthier than drinking 60 beers but i think it's the same mechanism of trying to escape sobriety Definitely. and the, the moral side of it for me is at the moment it's interesting we're talking about this because we as a charity we run barbecues right social barbecues so the assumption in the Australian culture... What's better around the barbecue? What do you do? You yep. crack open a couple of cold ones. It doesn't matter really what time it is. If it's Christmas, it's early, like whatever, you know, Easter. <laughs> Let's do it, you know, in the sun. And I love that. No more, you know, more than most people as well. It's the best thing. Just have a couple and enjoy it in the sun and the good food. But we've got this kind of dilemma, I guess, and we're, we're dealing with it at the moment on our board and our committee chatting about it, that the more groups they see that do some form you can call them in the mental health sector let's say that whether they're clinical probably not the non-clinical ones so mm. community-based ones there's obviously been a huge huge increase in them which is good and bad that's another that's another discussion but some of them now have sponsors for their events or and their local breweries i know on the beaches around here there's mm. a few examples i could think of uh, we have had a no kind of policy we had a policy that wasn't really written down but it was just like let's keep it no beers at the meetups we're obviously going to have a beer at our annual kind of get-together. And it's okay for us to have a beer when we do our uh, board meeting because we're doing it, you know, at the Kirribilli Hotel and we're right. kind of in this room. And we just, oh, yeah, because there's a drink there. It's we'll just have it. a drink. And, yeah, we'll yeah. and, you know, we get a lot done. It's productive. But we're in this real, like, moral dilemma because we have um, alcohol companies that have contacted us or mini breweries and things to do certain things. And we just don't know, like... Where do we, we do we want to police it and tell people you can't? I don't know. It's a really tri- it's a really tricky one. So at the moment. It's what, really complex. What do the other what do the other organisations do? Do uh, they? Oh, some of them do mental health education. They do more than we do. They but, do. But do they, they acknowledge do, the alcohol thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very. It's not like hidden or. It's very. No, I see, I see what you're saying. You're asking, do they acknowledge what alcohol could play a part in mental health? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Don't, not that I can see. It's like a sponsor on their banner on you know on Instagram or an event they do and are supported by and it's not you know really overt this is our big sponsor but I have that thing because of my dad I've got mates who are involved in Mr. Perfect whose family have had you know addiction issues um, and we did de- we debate it but I kind of cut off and say no no well uh, I've, I haven't got a problem so I'm okay <laughs> and you just go back and forth over it all the time so we we've debated it for about a year and a half on our board it's the most contentious issue and it's brilliant because it gets us really talking about it yeah so it's not like it's become a big thing where suddenly our, we we need money to run the thing because we have a, a luckily have a really good sponsor that has given us enough money to run for the year but it's always there because culturally well what do you do as a man when I've got my mates who do it. Like we don't know any other way. It's like, yeah, do you want to go yeah. for a coffee? Oh, well, yeah, morning, morning drugs or evening <laughs> drugs? What are we doing? <laughs> well, no, even the coffee. 
oh, well, that means I have to do it before work or we have to do it this time. Oh, we can't really do that. Maybe if we work near each other, we'll meet up for a coffee or a breakfast. I try and do that a lot more now, and that's really, it's healthy that we do that. Yeah. But then what's the other option? Yeah. I was just talking to a friend about it earlier. I said, there's a weekend soon coming up where I'm away from the boys, or like my wife, I've got kind of a free weekend that I really, really needed. And it's like the, the almost default is for me to go, all right, boys, let's go, let's go do this, go on a weekend away, I'll do whatever. But I was actually said, no, nah, I'm just going to spend on, like my mate said he went away uh, and went to the snow on his own. Mm-hmm. much chilled and said it's the best thing I've ever done oh, this is where I feel <laughs> so lucky and now come the end of Jan I'm going I'm going to go and do that I've been seeing some of these groups that do like camping things away and involved in men's health mental health men taking their sons things like that Yeah, that are really healthy and I don't get out in nature enough I really don't and I follow the stuff you do and just jealous all the time and I go why do I choose sometimes <coughs> Like, or why do we choose the easy option when we could just go, you know what, instead of spending our Saturday doing this, we've, we've got, <laughs> we don't even have to go far in Sydney. Like, you could pretend you're in the deep bush and go 10 minutes out and actually enjoy, you know, something for yourself or going yeah. a long walk. And I do enjoy that massively. <clears throat> it's just like culturally, it's just, well, what do you do? Well, let's go and meet the pub. What's at the pub? Well, there's pokies there. Okay, well, there's right. a bit of pool and snooker and like, yeah, we can do that as well, or play some darts. Okay, well, we've got all day to burn, so why don't we... And before you know it, that's just a slippery slope. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, people, yeah. some people are great at handling all of that. But for me, I do, it's just dilemmas. It's another thing I have dilemmas about and I question. Like, in those moments, should I be a bit tougher and go, actually, why don't we go and do this today? Like, that's why football's a good outlet for us in a way. Mm. In summer, where we say, no, let's go for a kick around. Like, I think that's what we'll be pushing towards a lot more this, this summer. Yeah. Right. That I feel so lucky to have surfing for all of those there things you, you just said yeah. where it's just like this instant default of if I've got spare time that's all I want to do yeah. and there's no booze out there yeah. there's nothing you know like it's just the perfect I find it that's the perfect hobby I suppose yeah. which is just you can never you can never finish it you know like when you play video games as a of kid course. and you're devastated when you finish the game because yeah. then it's over and it's just like well I realise that I have to the best things in my life are things that are just games that I can't finish, yes. things that I'm just never going to master, things like surfing. or That's why, why I'm obsessed with coffee because yeah. it's never the same twice and you can never win. Yeah. Like That's the whole point is you don't win that. Yeah, but I think Australian culture in general just ha- has so much to answer for for creating that society mm. where it's like that's all we've got. And you could argue that that's from our heritage or our colonial mm. heritage anyway mm. of how this was established from convicts who just yeah. got on the piss at every opportunity but it's crazy like it's crazy that the one place where you can go and hit the pokies is the one place where you can go and buy something which will jeopardize your ability to yeah. make good decisions it's like hold on what i think it's i'm so there's parts of me that are just so australian now being here 10 11 years and I'm so proud of that. My boys are Australian before they're British, like in an instant. I'm proud to say that. There's other parts of me, and that's it, right? There's never a straight answer. In everything I debate now, and I have dilemmas over, and moral dilemmas, and things that make my mental health good and bad, if I got it down to that simple question, does it make my mental health better? <laughs> the answer, no. Like having a big night and having access to <laughs> this, or having the easy option of let's go and have a beer which turns into 10 and it's not ever going to be good for my mental health ever in any 
format. <laughs> it yeah. just doesn't. Yeah. There's not even an argument for that. Um, and I'm so lucky that I am not addictive because the stories. Some of the stories I hear from guys who come to the, the Mr. Perfect Barbecues and uh, I've been very open about it. You know, gone down paths of addiction or had life events that they didn't think they were addictive, but divorce, not had access to their kids. Um, been involved in domestic violence themselves, like, um, you name it. Those, some of those things were the trigger for it. Right. And they never touched much of a drink growing up, or they just had the occasional beer. And that's how dangerous it can be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's scary. It is really scary. Yeah. It worries me that... Uh... Oh, shit, man. I don't even know. I don't even know how to conceive of a way to avoid that like yeah. how, how do you keep it away from somebody who's vulnerable exactly. in the way that you're you saying like, it's it's almost um, oh, I'm such a believer in like not being like a nanny state in any format and telling people what they can and can't do I don't have all the answers I guess I want to have the choice to be able to, to be able to enjoy what I want to enjoy without harming anyone um, but there isn't a line where you can go okay well this person's responsible <laughs> but to a point so therefore they can do this but this person oh, but you can't sorry well, once you did this when you yeah. were a teenager and you got in a fight or you you know you had one too many or you did that forever now you're going to be punished you know, yeah. or you got in trouble with the law or you did whatever it's so tricky so tricky like it's and again with uh, I don't read enough about this I'm not definitely not an expert but about the um, in indigenous communities uh about the whole thing about giving them, you know, basically a card to spend so they can't spend on certain things or do what they want to do. And it's just the, it's almost like that was created by, I say us, like who's us, but you know, oh, and it was created by us and now it's like, oh, well, instead of really helping you or doing, I don't know, I don't know how to word it, we're now just going to go, nah, you can't have this uh, and cause you even more distress. Yeah, like it's it's really tricky. Yeah, that's There's, that's, that's no geopolitics space, at large, yeah. though, isn't it? That's one country invading another, saying, yeah. "No, we're doing this for your benefit." Of course. Well, okay, according to who? Yeah, you definitely um, you transformed my, uh, I suppose, whole existence with those that mm. sequence of words. I remember we had a phone call last year, yeah. and you said, "That's the question you've been asking yourself: is will this be good for my mental health?" Yes, and. Yeah, and I it, I was just like, it rung in my ears and it hasn't stopped ringing since. And it's just, the, it's nice because I, I'm not Christian, but yeah. I've always envied the people who are happy to just go, what would Jesus do? And then that's yeah. their answer. Exactly. And I've kind of envied the simplicity of their decision-making with that as the framework. Definitely. That's the new one for me. And it's been yeah. so good because I feel like, I feel like I'm quite similar to you in... Um, preferring solitude yes. in the times that I recognize I'm not going to be fun for other people. Definitely. And I used to tell myself off for that. Mm. But having that question, like, what will be best for my mental health, mm. forcing myself to go to the pub and catch up with everybody mm. and put on a smile when I know I'm not, it's not genuine. Yeah. Or giving tonight to myself to just unwind, get it early night, do what I need to do. Mm. And, like, it really helped me um, forgive myself, I suppose, or, like, lean into just doing those things that... Where the answer is yes, like this will be good for my mental health, exactly. and avoiding the things where the answer is no. And like you, you, the, when I said that to you then, <laughs> it was almost as though, and I, honestly, when I was speaking to you then on the phone, 
I feel like if I listen back to sort of things I've told people, they're actually being quite, I'm meaningful with them and they're deep and I try and do the best by, I don't hate giving real advice, but I, I try and make people think about what that outcome might be. Yeah, you should. You're but man, I'm like, doing it to yourself is a whole different thing. Like I, people joke and say, people ask me about, again, like what I do and like, oh, you seem like you've got it together now and you're doing this. I said, don't like, don't watch what I necessarily do all the time because I'm the biggest hypocrite. Like I don't look after myself all the time. Mm. Um, but choosing that, and I did it a few weeks ago. I had a really, just a stupid, stupid big night. Hadn't done it for months and months. Realized why well, I don't do it. The next day, you know, I was in a world of just pain mentally as well as and the physical thing I could deal with. It was the mental pain. Yeah. And then a week later, I had a, a Saturday. It was the, the Rugby World Cup final. England got there, obviously. And I, it was the excuse to, like, to jump on the bandwagon, go to the pub, pretend I'm, you know, patriotic again and watch everyone else do it. And then I just went, no. Like, someone invited me out. I went, I'm not doing that. One, yeah. I'm not going to enjoy that. I'd enjoy seeing my mates again, but that's fine. I can do that. Uh, and I just texted them and said, no. Nah, like my wife's away, the kids are at my in-laws for the first, you know, for the first time in a long time. I'm actually going to go to Bunnings, and <laughs> I need to buy a few things from there. I need to do this in the garden. I need to do some life admin. <laughs> and I found myself that night going, right, the game was on in the background, and I just wasn't even watching. I wasn't even paying attention. I think by nine o'clock, I was just exhausted. I went, all right, I'm going to go to bed. And I slept that night, I reckon 11 hours sleep. Like, unheard of for me. Yeah. And the next day, I was like really pumped. Cause I said, yes, like, you did what you should. You shouldn't feel bad about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a lot more comfortable in my own skin. Ten years ago, if I'd have done that and said to my mates, oh, by the way, I'm going to stay in. Yeah, I've got I my Grosby's and I'm going to be in bed Panicking over their response. Then beat myself up for not being a man, so to speak, for doing that and going out and wrecking myself. Um, and I would have questioned it, whereas now I'm a lot more... I probably don't give myself credit enough for being, for being as strong, being as comfortable with myself as I am now. Like, I am definitely more comfortable now. I can easily say yes or no now, and I know what's good for me. I know, you know I'm going to fall one, I'm going to make silly decisions as everyone will but now I'm like no I couldn't, I couldn't give a toss what you think about it yeah 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 that's it <laughs> and that's really nice because then it's not as though you're lonely the solitude of that is if it's me who's crazy like, then so be it but it's I it's don't like, feel it's on, crazy it's on, it's on your terms right I don't right? feel crazy making that decision yeah and solitude for me is just like, in a way I just think oh that's weird like why am I so weird like why do I want to be on my own that's weird, you know, like, I said, I said to my wife now, I said, if it wasn't for you, like, I think I might still be on my own. Yeah. I said, that's a good thing. Like, she laughs and says, oh, that's great. I said, no, like, clearly, there was something, like, I, I do crave solitude. There is a point where I think it can be destruct, destructive and not healthy, but I'm so grateful and lucky I get to choose that. Because mm. as guys, you don't. You don't have friends who have lost them all through events in their life or family or didn't ever have any family or whatever the case may be and then they get to a point where it's too late and realise they've got no one around them Yeah. when they need someone around them which is what we're trying to do with Guess with Mr Perfect I've noticed it's become less about directing your face this is mental health to eradicating isolation and giving people a place to come one guy came to one of the barbecues he'd not been out of the house for a year Wow. his house for a year and came and told one of the guys that and now has a place to go for a couple of hours every month. 
that for me was like that was it gold yeah yeah gold all this that's has been amazing worth it. all this has been worth it that he got out and did that and that's what he needs for me it's different when i am down i need you know i need to recharge or whatever i don't need to be around people I don't yeah. need to like and i don't necessarily want to and i think people respect that now well people get in the way of that yeah, it's like if you if you're self recharging properly it's not about having anyone else it's no. just you and your your internal monologue and reconciling all of the loose ends in your brain yeah. like no one can help you with that exactly but it's crazy how it works both ways hey like you can get these people who are impossibly lonely and it's really it's a really sad reality yeah. and it's detrimental to their mental health but i also know people who are terrified of being by themselves yeah. so they just submerge themselves in social situations relentlessly yeah. and they just don't give themselves one second to just sit back and take stock for themselves yeah. And that feels like as big of a trap that's going to produce the same detriment to the mental health as the isolation does. It's like I've like trained myself. So uni days, if I didn't know, if it wasn't a close mate I was going out with that night, obviously I'd have to have a few drinks to be sociable in any format. But I was always known as like the quiet, you know, quiet person. But I terrified terrified of any scenario where I walked into a room where I didn't know anyone or I had to talk to someone you know uh, whether it be at work whether it be in any any format and now people wouldn't see that I still get a little bit anxious but I know I can cope with it I've trained myself over 10 years just to be a lot more comfortable but I know I'm, I'm lucky enough I can just tap out of that at any, any point now and leave or I can go no it's in for me right now not feeling that sociable but you're right like some of my it's pure there's clearly something to it, but all of my best mates, inverted commas, or the people that have been closest to me over 20 years, every single one of them from childhood has been the complete opposite. Well, I say complete opposite. It just had a different character. Needed to be around people. Or maybe not needed, but loved it, and immersed themselves in social things. And they're probably, they are scared. I don't, think they, I don't think they could cope with a weekend on their own. They wouldn't see that as, as rejuvenating. Yeah. They get their like, buzz from being generous and you know being around people and being loving and caring in that way, and even to an extent, that's you know my 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 wife when I met her, we were more polar opposites. Whereas now we've come closer since having kids and doing all those things, and me gaining strength and being a little bit more sociable. Whereas she, since having kids and becoming a mother, has become so more like I guess maternal, right? Uh, maternal and grounded and happy not even drinking and happy not doing <laughs> there's just half a glass of wine it's like oh i don't want that you can have it you know it's like it's it's we've become become closer in that respect that's awesome and that's over i don't, I don't think we tried for that it's just become over like life experiences and having kids and doing all the things we've done that's that um, sounds like the textbook exchange that you would hope from a marriage I hope so like, in all honesty like since uh, we had this same chat earlier I'm glad I always bring up like chats I've had before with people because I'm glad now I can reference talks that I have almost daily with people that are about more than football or more than politics or more than media or something superficial that's going on yeah and we talk about like me and my mates we talk about our marriages our you know sex lives or lack of or <laughs> and we joke about it and we joke about the, the challenges that come with kids or things stupid things we've done that week or work and and we now have much deeper more meaningful chats and we accept them just for like what they are that scenario remind yeah. we're doing the greatest 
making the greatest decisions at a time. And I say, like, my wife and I know, like, we're closer in one respect, but in another, the, your pure energy and everything since becoming parents goes to, you are not the priority. Like, you don't even, you instinctively know it's kids, survival, making sure they've got everything, which is really nice because it's a distraction in a way. Right, sense. yeah. Because it's like, nah, these, these people need my love and support and making sure they don't, you know, <laughs> turn out like I did and all these sort of things that you tell yourself. And that is where all your energy goes. Yeah. So your relationships suffer. I was just chatting to mate about it. We said, your relationships suffer, but they become different. They're never going to be the same as what you thought, you know, that lustful kind of like first times it's just different now yeah it's like you become closer and so you should as friends and support each other but we don't get that right all the time like we i, I question that all the time in my head as well like an example i, I give them might have a disagree with my wife or we you know it's about something is it over nothing but it's more than that and it's to me like not being able to communicate my frustration at that time and then she'll be able to just cut off like we finished the argument <laughs> And then she'll go to work or do whatever and something happens and away we go and by the evening, nothing's happened. Yeah. Like, come on, still love you, let's get on with it. Whereas me, like the, the rumination or the anxiety, and I recognise it now, I can go from that argument, and I'll explain this to my psychologist as well, to the next step of, okay, right, that means we're going to divorce, so <laughs> oh, no. where am I going to live? <laughs> right. Okay, well, Pete's, my mate's got a spare room. Okay, oh, yeah, God. I'll go there. And I used to do that without being able to acknowledge it or even track that. Is that, that catastrophizing? Journey. Is that what yeah, that's called? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred I only learned that recently. I'm doing some CBT and learning about a few things like that. And now it's like I know it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. happen as much, but when it does, I have to let it pass a little bit. I can't. I, I physically can't stop myself going to that point straight away. But I go, all right, yeah. Okay, this is going to happen. And I almost humor myself. I humor myself to let myself tell that story. And being like a writer and the way I think as well, that's just a story. Mm. And it might take half an hour, might take 10 minutes, and I'll let myself tell that story. And then before you know it, we're texting each other about, you know, what we're having for dinner that night or groceries or something we need to do that day. And it's completely, and I go, yeah, like what the hell went on just then? Yeah. I know that's going to happen. I mean it when it's happening. Why have I got to, like, we're getting divorced and, like, my kids are going to have no doubt. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I tell that because that is how ridiculous it can come across. And people who don't go through that can't understand that. I don't expect them to. But now I go, yeah, like, it is what it is. But you can, but when you, when you explain <laughs> it, I understand that. Yeah. I don't have that experience, but I can completely understand it. And I've got, everyone's got their own version of that. But until you, until you recognise it for what it is, it's the most intensely difficult thing to contend with either yes. in yourself or whoever else it affects where they're just like hold on like, I'm sure like I'm sure Caroline was probably like unbelievably relieved when she finally understood that sequence exactly. it's like oh that's what your brain does exactly. and, she, oh, okay. and I think when we were first together she wouldn't have you know she should have gone and she's always been supportive of me in, but I, we came to a realisation a few years ago when I first started getting professional help, I guess, and doing what I needed to do. She's not my saviour. Like, she can't be the saviour. Like, the assumption that your person that you're in a relationship with, or like your wife, your partner, whatever, even your brother, your family, whatever it might be, they're not your saviour. Like, they can't be your saviour. In some cases, it's unfair to expect them to be or even have the skills or understanding to be. 
So that's why you have to, like at some point, it needs to be a bit of tough love from those people, I think sometimes, I've mm -hmm. experienced it, to say, we can't have you not being you, not, not, not being you, but there needs to be something done because you're not being you 90% of the time. So therefore, you're either going to get professional help or I'm dragging you there or we're going to work through this, but I can't be the one to... So now it's almost, that's a nice thing to know that I'm not being a burden on anyone. I know I can go to my wife if I'm struggling, but she, she guarantee you she'd call it before I'd even call it now anyway, subconsciously and know the way I'm acting or know certain markers of things that are happening. So that is kind of refreshing because then I put it back on myself and go, there is some accountability. Yeah, like that's what it is. I'm capable enough. I'm not in a mental state, a serious mental condition where I I'm, have no grasp on reality. So therefore, I have to take accountability. And I'm tough on myself healthily in that respect because then I go, I have to also be that when friends come to me or when I speak to other people. I say, mate, I'm supportive. I'll be here, whatever you need. I'll listen. Tell me what, you know, like, do you want to go and do this? Do you need some time? What do you want to do? Like, how can I help? to that point yeah I can't yeah, solve the but problem but beyond it it's up to you I can't and say I think the best thing for you would be medication psychologist go and do some yoga but I can't because it really there is no there is no strategy that is a one size fits all totally and uh, I used to think I could do that and I did, thankfully I didn't like send you on off on a stupid path and tell them what they should do but now I'm so aware of that that I go nah this is you like here's the options I might say here's some things like we could narrow down maybe there's some options here like what do you think let me know if you want to talk about it yeah but to kind of be someone's saviour you can't why do you think you hear all these stories about people who they had it all their kids beautiful wife their you know mansion like all the things you think they had and they just go why didn't they just reach out and talk to me about you know that could have all been no <laughs> In those, I'm sure, in, in a lot of those scenarios, they could not be saved in that moment. Mm. You were not in that moment with them to save them. You physically probably couldn't have. Like, and then people beat themselves up over that afterwards. I'm, I'm lucky that we're in a kind of spot where it's not all on me, but there's things that come before that. And I know that if I'm not looking after myself, those things underneath will suffer. Definitely. Me looking after my kids, me making sure they're emotionally cared for, everything's, you know. It's, just, it's accountability as well. You, we're all, we're all going to support each other. We're all going to be there to, like, do a lot more of that. It's, there's not enough of that going on, clearly. However, in some scenarios, there's a lot of accountability that just isn't taken. Well, you put a lot of stuff up from, up from Jordan Peterson on mm. your um, social feeds, and he says... Thing, the thing that I think about on a daily basis, I don't know if he composed this phrase or not, but I heard him say it, you, that you find what you need where you least want to look. Yeah. And I've just never, never, ever forgotten it. And it really, I feel like that encapsulates what you're saying because there yeah. is this level of accountability and taking responsibility for yourself that I experienced. Like I had a, a mate, a really close mate, um, open up to me years ago and, and say like, you know, I'm not doing great. Um, I actually like, uh, I'm coming to this realization that I need help yeah. uh, I want to go and find help blah 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 um, and so I said I kind of found myself in that situation of realizing like this is that time where there's being 
a, a comfort in being a mate, but there's also this tough love line that, okay, we'll start taking control of the things that you can control. 100%. And if you go and ask for help, that's awesome. Congratulations on taking this massive step of admitting yeah. to yourself that you need it. I've been in those offices and the first thing the doctor asks you is what's your sleep like? What's your diet like? Yeah. What are you taking drugs? And if you can't healthily answer those three questions, if you're getting four hours of sleep, doing heaps of lines on the weekend and eating <laughs> like shit, well, man, like, unfortunately, that doctor's point. not going to be able to do anything for you. Yeah. You yeah. have to take control of the things that you can control. And that's the thing that I think no one wants to hear is that there are things that you can do to control your own mental so. health. Like you can, this nature versus nurture thing yeah. is definitely nature has a massive role in this, but there's a, if, if we can experience things naturally, then you can experience things nurturally. Yeah. And if, if you're not taking control of your surroundings and giving yourself a proper eight hours and exercising regularly, trying to eat properly, you can't really expect a magic fix. You can't expect to all. just take a pill every day and then... So I just carry on with my unhealthy behaviour. That's where I recently I've grappled with maybe I took medication for a while and then did you know, did the hypocritical thing that I do, didn't get advice about it to come off it, came off it, didn't tell anyone, didn't tell my GP. Went through a little bit of a crappy period then, but it was only a small amount, so I never thought it would have an effect. Then went back on it but didn't tell anyone, took it sporadically. Uh, and over a course of maybe two and a half years of taking it three years then just came off again and went to a new GP who's been a lot more involved and he knows a lot more about men's health and he's the sort of guy I can just go and chat to and sit there for half an hour and that helps me so if, if I can do that then great and he said Terry right, there's no right or wrong with this and he's not a guy who's going to say you should be on it but if it helps you and we can try this and he said look we've got to we've got to assess all these options for you we've got to do them in the right way mm. and they can't be a sporadic decision it can't be made when your mind is chaotic you can't suddenly decide or you shouldn't suddenly decide I'm going to do this and take this and try this fad diet or try the, that's not the way it's done and he's been very level headed with me about that and I do sometimes when I'm feeling anxious and there's this height of just the height of anxiety in me which doesn't happen too often but when it does I go oh, it would be so much easier if I just took that medication again or a stronger version of it. Really? And then I do. Like, I just do. In those moments of like, I'm not going to call it desperation because I think for some who on a daily basis experience not even being able to get out of bed due to that yeah. or not being able to show up for work, which thankfully I can do that, I go, of course. Like, if this is helping you and you've tried a number of avenues and this is X, Y, Z, great. But I do. I, I default back to that position in my head in the back and go, wouldn't it be easy if I just did it? And it might be a bit easier on other people when I am like, yeah, I debate it. I haven't yet thought about that. But I have to just take it every day. <laughs> Some days can be amazing for me. Other days can't. Yeah. I just have to think of it. It is like resetting every day for me. And I, although it sounds, sounded negative when I explained it to my psychologist about, I feel like every day I'm just resetting again. Not having to start again in another way it's kind of refreshing in the sense saying like about you know no one cares no one cares like actually it is what it is I get to reset this day again and I get to make a few good decisions in the morning if I can to set me up for the day and then I get to come home and see my kids and have that great feeling and I get to do those things and then if I choose <laughs> A couple of bad decisions around that and not to communicate properly to my wife or lose my shit or something or 
go and drink too much, do whatever. Like, that's... I've got to, I've got to learn to live with that. Mm. They're, they're my decisions. No one has forced me to do those things. So it's a real mixture of, like, you need support, some people more than others, but the accountability to go, I'm going to have to try a lot of stuff before I find out what works as well. Mm. And people don't have the patience for that because mm. they want the quick fix. Yeah. They want to go to a psychologist and then be your best mate, solve your problems in two sessions, and that's it. it took me a long time to like find the right thing. And for me, I haven't gone to my psychologist for ages, but only because he moved to Melbourne. But for me, it was a mixture of that, debriefing with someone who's kind of objective, I can just do that. Having some of my social outlets that I need, be it football, be it whatever it might be, like regularly. Not drinking too much. Medication, I'm not on it now. Will I need it in the future? I don't know. Um, and just genuinely trying to get a bit more peace with myself. Mm. Like not doing the things that I know are going to cause heightened anxiety. Trying to avoid those things. Mm. Or at least accepting that if they do happen, this is going to be, like, I've just got to be ready for it. Yeah. And that's not, like, it's not great. I don't do all the things I should be doing. Like, diet is one thing I need to be looking into a lot more and really paying attention. Um, probably going back, I see my GP every maybe six months now, and we just sit there and we chat for an hour. I don't care because I pay, for paying that for a psychologist or psychiatrist that I was before, we just sit for an hour and chat. Mm. And we talk about all sorts of things, the things we're both interested in. And, He's interested in health technology, so we talk about that. And I come out there feeling like a million dollars. Can't last forever, but that helps. And I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough I've found a couple of people there that I can do that with. Well, so that's you, right, in your your personal sphere. That's what that's Mr. Perfect as a whole, isn't yeah. it? It is providing that framework for people who don't have that anywhere exactly else, that. where they know, like, okay, cool, I can go and kick around with a bunch of guys who I'm familiar with who we can talk about whatever yeah. and I can walk away and like I've experienced it and I know I know that it is like it's a crazy uplifting it is experience it's, it's like um, when we first did it we used to come off it. it again like what a drug may do to someone what a high may do to someone I would come away from doing those barbecues and me and my mates were like peaking involved <laughs> the committee and everyone were like texting each other like oh my god wasn't that the best thing this guy came and you know he struggled with this and we chatted to him and, blah. and it was almost it might have been too much for some people because we in our natural state we were definitely not as that talkative but we were so buzzing that we were doing something mm. but in, inversely obviously it was helping us and now we, we have a lot more thought process to it and a lot of the, aware of the more risks and pitfalls and the amount of people that are coming and the different scenarios but that's how I felt and almost with those highs come lows though like I have the same thing maybe that Sunday night I would then go oh a little bit flat again like I'm going back to work tomorrow this is happening so it was dealing with that mm. that's just what it's become I'm never going to accept that every day is going to feel like that buzz I get otherwise I'll be taking something artificial to get that buzz right and yeah. trying to prolong it and yeah. um, it's accepting that they're going to be like that riding it through and for me in those moments there's no point throwing myself into scenarios that that I force myself into I just mm. have to be kinder and go all right, chill out here, take a seat back, a little bit of isolation, go down to the gym. Even if I'm not working out hard, I've got a gym down at Brookvale I go to Tuesday, Thursday night, and it's just my peaceful time. It's mm. like an hour and a half. If I get that in a week, that's good. Mm. That's really good. And that's what works for me. Like Nothing too intense, nothing too crazy, but 
if people can come and just be listened to, literally be listened to for a couple of hours, they might not have to say anything. They might mm. want to listen to others. Mm. That helps people as well. Or watch what goes on. I get the buzz from watching that happen. And I'm sure other people do as well. Um, and that's what it's about. Mm. Uh, we're not going to change anything. I, I was reading a quote. Um, a guy wrote the other day on LinkedIn. I was work kind of work related, but he works in the mental health insurance industry. And he said when he went through uh, breakup, couldn't see his kids. And this is a really highly successful guy uh, at the top of his field. He said, I went to a colleague for uh, some empathy and support. And he goes, and all I got was an app. And the guy had tried to kind of like coax him towards using this mental health app that he'd been developing. Oh, right. <laughs> and he said... And I just read that again and again and again and I, I think I wrote about it today or posted it on our socials like that just goes over in my head all the time like, we can't solve anything tech is not going to solve that it's an it, it could play a part in it as a support and part of your strategy in your toolbox but empathy support connection and just being there mm. and the amount of people that just went this is exactly how I would have worded it I went yeah it wasn't me right like this is someone else who said it but this is how I wanted to say it. And you come up with all these ideas, how you want to express yourself and how you want to show like what we're offering and <laughs> what it comes down to. It's so simple. So simple that it's ridiculous that we're not doing more of it. And that was empathy, support and connection. Like not trying to solve everyone's problems. Don't tell them they've got a problem. Mm -hmm. Don't tell them men are like, men are just in this, you know, real dire need and we need to do this. Here's the, pro here's the, here's the problem, here's the solution. You should do this. Go and get this. Go and take this. Go and get a coach. Go and do this. No. <laughs> That's not anyone's place, really, to tell you to do that. Mm. And it just comes back to that. If we can provide a couple of hours of that a month to someone in their area, then I think we're doing a good job. I think that's all we can do. You're definitely doing a good job. Yeah, I hope so. I've loved, I've loved witnessing the evolution of it yeah. and, you know, contributing where I can, but just watching it grow and realising that there is, like, a rabid appetite for it yeah it's, it's awesome. weird like coming across that realisation that I didn't do it necessarily consciously knowing that's what we were providing mm. it was almost like I say as well it's more part of guilt like guilt of guilt for the me being a, a dick in the past when I was struggling like a lot of it was born out of I feel guilty I need to do something and some of it was born out of oh well this is a good thing to do and I've, I know I've got a good heart and I want to help people and to see what it's evolved to, to see the feedback, yeah. it's like, why, are we, why do we need to overcomplicate it? Oh no, maybe we need to do this. Maybe we need to collaborate with another group. Maybe we need to do this social media campaign. <laughs> I'm like, no, stop messing with it. Like, stop debating yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> stop refining. Like, we've, we've, we've got it to where it should be. Keep it simple. Yeah. Which, whichever of those things it is, mm. I really, I got so much respect for you, man. Amazing. I admire it as leadership, like whether it's out of guilt or whether it's yeah. out of realizing you're on a good thing, yeah. whatever it is, it's, it's showing leadership. And yeah. I feel like I've definitely personally responded. Uh, it's had such a huge influence on my life and my Amazing. mental health journey, but obviously like thousands of other men and women in Australia. It's, yeah. it's amazing. No, it is. And uh, I, 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 I know I should pat myself on the back more. I yeah, I hope you're proud. You I'm shouldn't. sure you're probably not by the sound of this no, conversation. I, I hope you are. this chat now, I'm going, well, again, let's make it worth it. And the times I doubt it, for you to tell me that and to go, shit, that's big. Like, to do that for anyone, 
Uh, and that's what gives me the, the more energy to do it again. Like, mm. I can't like replicate it for everyone, but at the same time, I do give myself a pat on the back now to say, actually, Terry, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, we've achieved something. I never would have done that before. I would have gone, oh, but we've only got like 25 meetups and, you know, and we're probably spending too much money here. Or we're not doing enough here. And this was crap. And there was only four people who turned up, which is complete. That's just my voice, right? It's a story I was telling myself. Now, I'm much better at saying, wow, like, let's take a moment and go, if we can do that for one person and someone can tell me that, that's like gold. That's the gold. Well, just, I'm yeah. glad to hear. I'm glad you that that voice yeah. is getting louder in your head. It is. It's good. Yeah. Gradually. <laughs> well, it's probably a nice note to finish on. Yeah. You want to wrap it up? Definitely, mate. All right, sweet.